There's a big bird named Token Sun with a pretty colored pink like a candy. Well, hello, everybody. What are you doing here? Dude, I can't believe. What are you doing in the basement with us? <laughs> Welcome to our podcast. It's so funny that you showed up here today. It's snowing. How did you even make it here? I you know. must have a four-wheel drive. And and some wax tracks, or what do they call those? Yak tracks or something? The oh, the that things that go on your shoes? Yeah, yeah. They're not wax tracks. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> no, I think they are yak tracks. No, wax tracks was where I used to get punk rock albums when I was a oh, kid. Oh, yeah, wax tracks. It was on Pearl Street. No, on the hill. Oh, there yeah, was a yeah. wax tracks in Boulder. Yeah, there was, was a, there was a wax tracks on the hill. Yes, that was on the hill. I remember that. It was right next to the Fox. Yeah. Yeah, you know my picture was, was like up lollipops there. lollipops or something now. Or lollipops or something. Dude, this is my first experience I'm of I'm sorry, fame. your picture was there? My picture was up because Your picture is everywhere these days. It is. You see wax tracks on the hill. Dude, me and my brother, um we were totally Neil, Neil were we were super fans of a band called Shonen Knife, which was like Say that again? Shonen Knife. And they were a Japanese pop trio that sang in English, but they didn't know English. Oh, that's so, awesome. so they would like sing songs about like candy bars. <laughs> no, dude, it would like Shonen Knife was like totally rocking. And so we, they were coming and they played the Fox and Neil and I could not believe it. So, they came to Boulder? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Where and, were they? I mean, are they from here? Are they from the U.S.? Osaka, Japan. So they came from Japan to they play came the Fox from, in Boulder. Ex- absolutely. Awesome. They were on a tour and, um, and, uh, and so we, dude, we should put a, I hope that our introductory music today is, is shown a knife, dude. We have to. I doubt it will be. We have to. <laughs> It'll be so good for let's everybody. Let's put a link to it on the website. Okay. The Facebook site. Okay. No, no. We Let's discuss this. Okay. We will discuss you this further. You guys either did or did not hear Shona Knife <laughs> on the entrance <laughs> to this podcast. And, and so, Only you know that. And so we were in line and uh, we were there and- um, and we were the first in line. So me and my brother had like our t-shirts signed and, nice. uh, Atsuko Naoko and Miki. I mean, come on, nice. dude. They're like they were, they were the best. Do you and, still have your t-shirt? Oh yeah. God, you should, why don't you wear it? I've never seen you wear that. Well, it's well just, you're usually wearing clerics. Yeah. Well, I, you don't That's wear clear. a precious shirt. Like okay. That. Fair enough. So, so we were, uh, so we, I was first in line and so they took a picture of me and so people would come into wax. In <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> nice. dude. We were those guys. Nice. And, uh, and and so that picture was hanging up, and people would be like, "Dude, that's Peter Musset," and they'd be like, "Seriously, the dude is more famous than Shonen Knife." That's true. You are, and you've yeah. your fame has just grown in the subsequent years. I know, because dude, if you if you hadn't tuned in, then I uh, was uh, interviewed for an extensive period of time, <laughs> and had the shortest quote in the largest picture imaginable on MSNBC. Absolutely. And and the headline we put a link to it on our Facebook site, which, by the way, we have a Facebook site. And you can look at Father's giant picture on the NBC website. There. It's totally awesome, and it's I, I, it's really this weird, bizarre negative context. It says Pope Francis is luring Catholics back Does it say into the lure, fa- luring lure lure. But, but dude, this is this is the thing. Is it, it's appropriate, but it comes out funny because. Guess lured. what? It does say lured. He says, um, "I will make you fishers of men." So, yeah. dude, if he's got a lure, he's using oh. it. They didn't even know what they were doing. No, nah, I don't know if they did, but I, but it's cool. funny because I googled the interviewer first, and so yeah. I, I was Tracy talk- Tracy Connor Tracy Connor, and I was like Tracy. I said, um, "Dude, T Dog, T Dog, what's up?" I said, "Hey, I uh, I was like, what was it like to do the um, sideshow circus school?" She was like, <laughs> "What?" 
She's like, well, I still know how to nail a penny a penny nail through my nose. She studied for sideshow circusing. Yeah, circusing, circusing, Yeah, she said it was it was kind of fun. Wow. Yeah. So that's in, that's in her bio or something. It's on her Twitter feed. So I went to her Twitter feed and and it said that she was a graduate in her headline. Nice. Good yeah. for her. Yeah. I have a lot more respect for Tracy Connor now. What's up, Tracy? Tracy. Whoop whoop. Um, what else is new? Everything. Um, it's snowing. It's dumb. It's April. It's mid-April. We haven't got any snow all year, virtually. And now in mid-April, we're up to almost 22 inches, I think, between yesterday and today. It's absurd. It it's just absurd. keeps flowing. It's absurding out there. It does. I guess you don't call snow flowing. Not snow, unless it's sn- avalanching. That's a snow flow. That and also a glacier, but that's a very snow. F- very slow flow. <laughs> slow flow. A slow snow flow. Snow slow flow. <laughs> Say that 10 <laughs> times fast. And you're yeah. a Coloradan for sure. Yeah. So oh. yeah, dude, it's, we're we're just chilling. It's and just dumping out there. I mean, look at it. My gosh, it's a very peaceful day in the basement of the rectory with the snow falling outside. Lots of snow. Are you tweeting? Are you whistling? <laughs> <laughs> I was whistling through as I work. I like it. Um, we do have a Facebook page, though. I mentioned that earlier. <laughs> I, just, I just want people to go Just to in it. case you were wondering, <laughs> it's we this. have a Facebook page. Like me. Otherwise, I'm going to have an Oreo in my mouth for the rest of eternity. Yeah, we also were taking an informal poll on the Facebook site. How many people like the picture of Father Peter and how many people utterly hate the picture of Father Peter? And so far... We have a couple of dislikes. Two I, I, they they didn't. They haven't added. Like I mean, you can unlike, but I don't think they have the dislike button yet on they Facebook. That's true. We should talk about the readings. Yeah, dude. So where where are we? The fourth Sunday of ordinary time, and it's it's Good Shepherd Sunday. Is that what it's called? That's what Deacon told me. Did he lie? Man, I don't I don't know. Is it, that a thing? Good it, Shepherd Sunday. It is a thing. It is a thing to have the Good Shepherd Sunday, and um, um. Yeah, oh yeah, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I mean, all the readings are about shepherds, so if, if any Sunday would be about Good Shepherd Sunday, then one would think this would be it. <laughs> then let the Good Shepherd happen. All right, I'm in. Me too. Are you guys in? Are you here with us? Are you hanging out? Are you running right now? What are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> we haven't. We're a little slap happy because uh, it's been a long day so far, and both of us we haven't seen each other for a podcast in like a month. No, a long, long time. Yeah, we're seeing each other in the same room. I, I, I'm like kind of processing that right now. Look into my eyes. eyes. It's, it's nice <laughs> to see you. It is nice to see you. Yeah, we face, we we, we ate lunch together. We did, and we complained about the world. Yeah, and then we then no, we, we didn't. encouraged That's not true. We did encourage each other. Well, this times in life is hard, man. That's, Time, the, that's the thing. Times are hard, but well, no, this is this is the thing. Okay, is that the scriptures teach us? Yep. I have my fingers put together and I'm pointing. Yes, like three that. finger the, circular. Like this point. is what I'm saying. Bill it's Clinton point. Um, is that when it times is hard? Yeah, which is normal. Which is a for normal them to be. Yeah, for any adult human. Hmm. Um, is you have to praise the Lord. Yeah. The only true prayer is praise at that point. Because you know what? We learn it in the Psalms. Everybody's like, like you go through the Psalms and it's like, I hate everything. Darkness <laughs> is my only companion. Praise the Lord. And then they're like, but I will praise the Lord. Yeah, that's true. So that's what the Psalms teach us. What Somebody else? Somebody t- requested that we sing the Psalm this week, but I don't remember who it was. It might have been Ben Stetland <laughs> or, or Devin. Anyway, somebody requested that you sing this Psalm. <laughs> 
so please. We are his people, the sheep of the flock. Or, hallelujah. <laughs> just hallelujah. <laughs> Dude, we never uh, choose the secondary option. I'm just saying. What a weird secondary option, though. Hallelujah. I mean, I love hallelujah, but. Sing joy, little Lord. Joy, so, little Lord. We are his people. Thanks for good. The sheep of his flock. I have to tell you, I, 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 people are, I, they probably get sick of us talking about all these things. But we I've did been, get an email that said somebody was sick of us talking about our food. <laughs> did you read that one? <laughs> no, I did. I missed that one. Yeah. But what happened is I've been watching The Voice, and like <laughs> yes. I'm totally obsessed, and I, I really am looking forward to seeing the episode from last night because I don't have, I can't get it on broadcast TV in Boulder, but. Aside from that, I've been like saying, dude, I could take some voice lessons and get on the voice. That's absurd. No. Why why have why would I have those thoughts? You have that psalm sung on recording now. Oh dude, so I So all you have to do is chip that little bit out and send it in. I'm like Here you go. Let me I, I'm gonna be the Catholic priest on the voice and then I'll have a recording contract and yes. then I will be a super fame. Yes. Dude, I'm gonna get up there and sing and nobody'll turn their chair and I'm gonna be all crying and what does that mean? There's blind auditions, so the first part is you have to sing because it's about your voice. They don't see you; they can only hear your voice. Really? Yeah, and Hence so, the name. And there was there was this one dude, and every single one of the judges thought he was a girl, and really? they were like, "Oh my gosh, you're a dude! <laughs> oh my gosh, it was awesome." That's what everyone says about me. No, it's not true. So the readings, Acts of the Apostles. Here's another example, Father, yep. of where I, I love the church with all of my heart and soul. But whoever chose this reading cut out the best part. Not the best part, but a really explanatory part of the first reading. Okay. Because the, the, what's happening in this Things reading? are weird. So how it begins. So we're dealing with Paul, Paul and Barnabas. Okay. In, in the, the middle part of uh, Acts of the Apostles, Parna, Paul and Barnabas. Parn, parn Parna and not Lobotus. <laughs> it's hard to say. Lobotomus. They're, uh, <laughs> they're on their, uh, I forget which missionary journey. Paul has three missionary journeys. That he goes on, I think we're in number two, but I'm not totally sure. And I didn't look that up before I came here. But they're on a missionary journey, and they're, they're in a place called Antioch of Pisidia, uh, or Pisidian Antioch, which the only reason that's important to know is they actually begin the mission of uh, the church out to the Gentiles in another place called Antioch, but it's a different Antioch. That's Syrian Antioch. We're in Pisidian Antioch. So all of you who are sweating about which Antioch we're in, don't worry. We're in the Pisidian one. But they, it says Paul and Barnabas continued, continued on from Perga, and they reached Antioch and Pisidia. So we're in a, a region called um, uh, Galatia. So uh, remember the letter to the Galatians in the yeah, New like Testament? Galatia. Galatia is not a city, though. It's a, it's a region. So there's a number of churches. So we're kind of oh. in that neck of the woods. We're, we're in Asia Minor, present-day Turkey. Okay. But it says on the Sabbath, they entered into the synagogue, and they took their seats. Is that me? That's so embarrassing. <laughs> I don't even know where my phone is. Who's calling me? Call from Anaheim. I threw it at you. And you hit the microphone. <laughs> I don't even want to edit that out. I don't either. It's so funny. Um, okay, so on the Sabbath, they <laughs> entered the synagogue and they took their seats. Now, that's, let's see, let me just check it with my Bible. I think that's where we jump. Um, 
We started in 1314. Yeah, but into the Sabbath and they sat down. They took their seats. Now, it looks like it just kind of continues on, but that's where there's a huge amount of verses in between. Now, here's here's kind of put things in context. 14 to 43. Yeah, then you jump to verse 43. But so the way this works, one of the things that's beautiful, when the early church was preaching, so when Paul in particular is going to different cities and he's preaching the gospel, what does he always do first? He always goes to the local synagogue Synagogue first. first. Yep. And because... I mean, the idea is God hasn't, we were talking about this in a class I'm teaching on Paul yesterday, but the idea is God hasn't just, you know, the the whole Old Testament is about God ministering to and through the Jewish people, to the Hebrew people. They're called the chosen ones. And all of a sudden in the New Testament, he's kind of moved on to the Gentiles, the non-Jewish people. And some people have this false idea that God just kind of changed his mind. Like the Jewish people rejected him. So, okay, forget that. We're going to move on to somebody else. But no, there's a continuity here. I mean, uh, for St. Paul, the the New Testament church is Old Testament Israel. There's no distinction. There's no clear line for him between Old Testament Israel and us in the church. We are one. We are one body, but we are one family. It's continuous continuous thing. So it's appropriate whenever they preach the gospel, they always start at home. They go to the synagogue. It's where they're familiar. It's, It's where their people are. And so we're really missing something kind of profound. So it says on the Sabbath day, they went into the synagogue and they took their seats. And it says then, if you continue reading in Acts, verse 15, after the reading of the law and the prophets, the rulers of the synagogue went up to them and they said, brethren, if you have any word of exhortation for the people, say it. So the leaders of the synagogue come up and come to these two visitors. And after they do the readings, they say, hey, will you two visitors, will you share something with us? Will you speak to us about the about the readings? That's so awesome. It's That's... awesome. They're invited to. Yeah. And so Paul does. He stands up and for you know, 40 verses or so, he tells the, he tells Old Testament, he tells salvation history. He tells the story of the Old Testament. He talks about the prophets. He speaks of Jesus and how he fulfills all these things and how his own people crucified him and put him to death and how he rose again and how we need to acknowledge these things. And he tells this brilliant, beautiful telling of the gospel message and look at how it ends. And this is, this is again, the verse before where we pick up in the Mass. It says in verse 42, As they went out, the people begged that these things might be told to them on the next Sabbath. So in other words, they stand up, they preach about who Jesus Christ was, how he fulfills the whole Old Testament law and the Jewish people's expectations. And everybody from the synagogue goes up to him. They're like, can you tell us this again next week? This is awesome. This is wonderful. And the Jewish people are loving it. They're eating it up in, in Pisidian Antioch. But then you pick it up where the, the mass readings continue. And which, it says, which, which, we, which I have to pause for a second. Yeah, please. Because there's only been one experience I've had of this in my life, and that was on the Camino de Santiago. Where I was, I was totally angry because there's so many non-Catholics and pagans yeah. who are walking on the road uh, to go. Uh, right, right, right. So I'm there, and I'm totally mad. But then they're like, "Well, hey, how are you going to be? How are you going to be a priest?" But because I kind of have a little bit of a conversion, and yeah. told them my story. But I mean, I told them a four-hour version <laughs> of my life and wow. how I was le- leading towards priesthood, and I was about to be ordained deacon. Yeah, they asked me a second time that same day to tell that story again. Really. Yeah, they couldn't awesome. get enough because it was because again, you, you learn how to use wow. your story to incorporate salvation history. You use your yeah. own story because it's the content. That's the continuity. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And so it, that's it, really cool because those are your people in a certain sense. I mean, yeah, yeah. That's re- that's a really cool image. And that's that's an important thing to remember is that our testimony actually lands us yeah. into the history of Judaism and yes. Jesus Christ and the resurrection. Yes. It's not just about us. Right, right, exactly. But that we are a people. Which is where the psalm is going. Oh. We are a, well, we'll get to that in a minute. 
Wait, unpause. We have to get back to this. Unpause. Yeah, yeah. So then we pick it up, and what it says in the third line of the readings is, many Jews and worshipers who were converts to Judaism, they followed Paul and and Barnabas who spoke to them, and they urged them to remain faithful to the grace of God. So, you know, they're following. So it does suggest that there's people following they're interested, and Paul and Barnabas are, are encouraging them. On the following Sabbath, almost the whole city gathered to hear the word of the Lord. Now, that's pretty profound because what we just read is all the Jewish people, all the people in the synagogue, they all want to come back and hear more. And somehow word is spread now to the whole city. And everybody wants to hear what these guys are saying. Which is which is just like our experience of Jesus um, when he's in Gennesaret, where, yeah, 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 exactly. where, where he sends them out yeah. and they preach and then they're like, oh my gosh, and then the whole town gathers. Yeah, exactly. After the pigs are destroyed. Because remember, what did we say two weeks ago? Acts of the Apostles is the story of the apostles doing the very things that Jesus did. And that's how Luke writes this. You taught me that. That's how, hey, I, that's how, that. that's how I knew that. It's pretty neat. But this is where things get a little bit weird and confusing. So I, I know that was kind of a lot, but it was necessary to give that backdrop because we can't be misled with what it says next. Next it says, when the Jews saw the crowds, they were filled with jealousy and with violent abuse contradicted what Paul said. Both Paul and Barnabas spoke out boldly and said, it was necessary that the word of God be spoken to you first, but since you rejected it and condemned yourselves as unworthy of eternal life, we now turn to the Gentiles. Now, this is where it's weird, right? It sounds like, okay, they're just saying, well, the Jewish people, they're all flipping out. They're being weirdos. You know, the whole, they they crucify the Messiah. Now we're just going to move on to something else. If you take it out of its context, which I think is what we're going to be tempted to do if we hear it out of context this Sunday, yeah. we're, we're mishearing something. What we understand is that everybody in the congregation, the Jewish people, the Joe Schmo in the pew, they're all psyched about this. They're stoked. They're gathering to hear it. The people who are mad are the leadership. It's the leadership of the synagogue in Antioch. Now, John in John's gospel often will use the term the Jews, quote unquote, as not a reference to all the Jewish people because John's a Jew. For Pete's sake, Mary was a Jew. Jesus was a Jew. Paul is a Pharisee. For Pete's sake, a Jew among Jews. It's a, it's shorthand and it's confusing if you don't know what the writers are doing. But it's shorthand for the particular leadership that is rejecting Jesus and rejecting this message. Uh-huh. So it's not that because that is what the Acts of the Apostles reading sounds like. It's well, well, we came to the Jews first. They blew it, so we're just going to move on to these people. In this crowd gathered there, as the whole city is together, is presumably all the people from the synagogue last week that were eating it up and loving it. The leadership is jealous. Because they're like, well, wait a second. We invited these guys to speak, but we're the leaders. We're the preachers. We're the ones in charge. Who do they think they are? And it's to them that Paul says, it was necessary that we spoke this to you first because, frankly, you are the leadership and you are our people and you are our elders, quite frankly. But you blew it. And so now we're turning to everybody else. And where it says Gentiles, uh, the goyim, it probably, I don't have the Greek text in front of me, it probably says to the nations. In other words, to everybody, not specifically to non-Jews. But now we turn to everyone else because the leadership blew it. The Jews didn't blow it because remember, the early church was Jewish fundamentally. So we can't be kind of misled because things like this have have led people into anti-Semitic paths and all sorts of things that are just not really scriptural and not really what's going on here. Because the, uh, the idea is the gospel is intent, and this is where the other readings are going to lead us eventually, but the whole story of the Old Testament is that God chooses one group of people that he calls his chosen ones, his firstborn sons, the light to the world, the Israelites, to go out to all the nations and bring them back. They blow it in the Old Testament, as not because... Well, that's the Old Testament story. Israelites sin, yeah. don't do it. Those are our people. It's not like we're yeah, separated exactly. from them. Exactly. But that's why Jesus, when he shows up, he gives us the exact same call. Now, we as Christians are called to go out to the nations and bring them back. The mission hasn't changed. The story hasn't changed. The means have slightly changed. 
But Paul and Barnabas in the church are doing nothing different than what we are called to do in the first place. But like he says, it's appropriate, it was necessary that all of this come through the Jewish people because that's who God ordained to be a light the priesthood, to the, nations. the light to the nations. Well, and that's but exa- for the sake of the nations, not for themselves alone. Yes. And when we, and not just the Jews, but we as the people of God, we screw us, we, we blow it. When we circle the wagons and we say, this is about us, look how great we are. I mean, this is what the Pharisees are saying in the Gospels, right? Thank God I'm not like those people over there. Yes. That's when they blow. And that's when we all blow. We as Catholics too, Christians, everybody. Well, and when in that light, what they say, I have set you to be a light for the Gentiles that you may bring salvation to the utmost parts of the earth. Yeah. When the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and glorified the word of God. Yeah. And and so what what ends up happening is that... um, the it's saying the mission of Israel is now being fulfilled. Yes, exactly. You the leadership screwed this. Whether up. you like it or not, whether you like it or not, they're going to hear this because we are. We're going to go forth with this message because this yes. is what's supposed to have happened already. Yes. Right. But and now it's happening. Now it's happening, which is cool. It's another little mini Pentecost in a certain sense, because there's all these people now coming and flocking, and hearing about all this. It's kind of neat. It is. It's nice to get the flock going. That brings us to Psalm 100, <laughs> which is our psalm this week. We are as people, the sheep of his flock. This is a psalm- I think that when we laugh Please. like that, they know that there is some sort Something's of Something's been edited. Something- what can it be? <laughs> Maybe someday. We'll- no, we won't. No, we can't, we can't release. release that. <laughs> if only you knew. So that brings us to Psalm 100, which um, is. We are his people. The sheep of his flock. No, that wasn't you as good as the end it, there. I know. I, I had a better it song tone. Before. It was really good. Thank you. You bet, man. I'll be here all night. Uh, I'll, I'll be on The Voice with this one. <laughs> I know it. Everybody watch. Team Ursher, dude. I think I would choose Adam's team, though. Half of us don't know what you're talking about. I know. but Or maybe it's just me. Maybe everybody listens to The Voice. No, no. The people who know, they know. They know. So uh, Psalm 100 is a part of a group of, of canticles of psalms that are traditionally called um, in, invitatory. Invitatory? Invitatory. In, invitatory. Invitatory. Which is the uh, very first thing that you would pray in the day. Yeah, that's right. Um, please, I cut you off. Yes, you did. Stop doing that. Okay, I'm done. Uh, <laughs> but the, the, invit- the invitatory psalms... Um, were traditionally in, in the Jewish readings of these when they were read at the temple and in the ceremonies, it were they were psalms that were to be read as people came into God's presence with confession, with praise. So as we're entering into the presence of God, they would sing these psalms, this particular one. In the Christian tradition, Psalm 100 is almost identical to Psalm 94. So it's not prayed as uh, as formally. But in the Jewish tradition, these would be kind of prayed together. And again, as, as psalms about going before God's presence. And what's cool about this one, the phrase, the phraseology that it uses, um, talking about he is, he's not just God, but he is our God. And because he is our God, we are, we are his people. I mean, this, this uh, harkens back to um, what, what God said through the Old Testament prophets. I will be their God and they will be my people. Um, establishing relationship. And that, that's the idea. It's reminding the Old Testament people of God and the New Testament people of God of this relationship that God has established. And the, the, the terminology that it uses to describe what that relationship is, is shepherding. It's a shepherd. And uh, that's all what's going to kind of lead us to the gospel, which is a weird gospel today. It is a weird gospel. Well, we have another second reading to, to deal with. But we do. I like Pope Francis, his, his admonition to the priests and bishops. He says, smell the flock. 
Really? He said, smell the sheep. He says- I've smelled sheep before. I know, and I don't smell that great. (laughs) But um, this is the thing is he says, you're not just meant to be administrators. You're meant to be amongst the sheep of the flock. And so smell the sheep, which- What an interesting image. I know. I really like that. It just, it was really convicting to me. Wow. I know. That's powerful. That's actually really powerful. I know. When did he, I didn't hear that. Uh, I think it was some chrism mass. Oh, cool. From Holy Week. That's really cool. Yeah, you should really read up on uh, Pope <sighs> Sorry, Francis. He man. is our universal shepherd dog. I count on a shepherd dog? Sheep dog. Oh, <laughs> I count on my, my shepherd to keep me informed of all the news. That's <laughs> <Thanks, man. laughs> <laughs> your job. It's my job. I failed. <laughs> no, no, you just told me. Oh. You succeeded. Oh. Like, you just did it. Oh, good, good, good. Oh. I was like, uh, see, I have a lot of pressure on my heart. But you're doing it. I mean, not like physically. I don't have to like go to a doctor and see about things. You might. I'm talking spiritually. Yeah. Of course, I do like bratwurst. Bratwurst. That puts pressure on men's heart. <laughs> I'm really. I feel like a comic relief this time. I don't feel like no, I'm really contributing. Anything. You just did. <laughs> oh, I did. The whole thing with the Pope smelling the sheep. Oh yeah, that's right. I smell some sheep today. <laughs> it's. <laughs> It's snowing outside. Isn't it beautiful? <laughs> Can't you tell? Come on. I don't think the radio audience is convinced. That of, it's snowing? Of my distracted, my distractional abilities. No. What was happening. I think, you're on, I think you're on it today. Well, dude, I had a vision of a great multitude. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Could, could anyone count them? No. Oh. And they were from every nation, race, people, and tongue. What did they do? They were standing <sighs> as uh, standing slain. No. <laughs> No, they're not. I know, but the lamb was. The lamb was, yes. And and they and they actually were on Palm Sunday. Which kind I'm, of. I've always kind of trying to figure out like, what the what's going on? Because these people got the palm branches. Yeah, that's what I got. Man, and and like and I know they all are wearing albs, which is nice. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Sure. White robes. White robes. That's a it's a alb, it's dog. Alb? No, you're right. You're right. And I'm gonna have my barbacone in heaven, <laughs> unless they give me something better. You're what? I thought everybody was naked in heaven. No, not these guys. Why are they wearing garments? Well, it says they washed their robes. It doesn't say they're wearing them. They might be in the dryer <laughs> <laughs> right now. I yeah. Uh... <laughs> Let's assume they're in the dryer. Um, but he, this is this is actually a cool. Na- so you so I John had a vision of the great multitude, which nobody can count from a race nation, race, people in tongue. Um, this actually just comes right after that weird passage about the hundred and forty four thousand that John sees in heaven, which. For the Jews, that that's a symbolic numbers are more qualitative than quantitative, and that's a symbolic number representing all of the nations and the fulfillment of all these things and a completion because it's seven times. What is it's, it? It's a gross. Yeah, it's a gross. Twelve times twelve. We'll call it that. Um, so nations upon nations, in other words. And now we have kind of a similar vision, but put in a different way. I had a vision of a great multitude that nobody can count. And they stood before the throne of the Lamb wearing white robes and holding palm branches in their hands. So your question, why, why are they waving palm branches? Well, throughout the Old Testament, um, people would come with palm branches, usually for only one reason. It, it appears in a couple different places. Zechariah has a scene with palm branches. Maccabees has a scene with palm branches. And Nehemiah has a scene with palm branches. And every time you see those, it's people coming to celebrate the rebuilding or the restoration of the temple. So a temple has been restored or rebuilt or brought back to life in some sort. And that's why the psalm connects so well. Because remember, this is the psalm that they would sing as they're going into God's presence, which is what in the Old Testament they believed the temple to be. And so now as we're celebrating the fourth Sunday of Easter, the new temple that has just been reborn and, and raised from the dead... What are they doing in heaven? They're coming with palm branches, which is how you celebrate a temple coming back to life in a certain sense. 
So that's what they're doing. And they're wearing the white robes, which is, you know, obviously a sign of victory. Yeah. Which is, I, I presume, why you wear it at Mass. Because in the Mass, you're standing in the person of the victorious Christ, the raised Christ. Yeah. So you wear white robes because that's the only appropriate thing to wear. And when we're saying it, when you're in the Mass, when we're in the Mass, when you were saying the Mass, this is the moment, you know, as they said, when, when heaven touches earth. Yeah. So it's appropriate that you're wearing white robes because we have now entered, in a certain sense, into heaven. And that's what they wear in heaven. So, you know. Do as the Romans do when in Rome. Ah, ah silly man. That's the, that's that's really rocking. But that's not all. But wait, there's more. There's more. So listen to what it says. And I, I actually just thought of this as we were eating our lunch. <laughs> um, and I'm sure I, you can't stop us from talking about food. No, I know. Sorry. <laughs> our uh, what do we have today? Kebabs and rice. For this reason, they stand before God's throne. They worship Him day and night in His temple. The one who sits on the throne will what? Shelter them. They will not hunger or thirst anymore, nor will the heat, uh, the sun or any heat strike them, for the Lamb who is in the center of the throne will shepherd them. So the whole description of these people coming with their palm branches with victory into the temple is that this temple is actually going to, what, shepherd them. It'll protect them. It'll feed them. It'll keep them from too much heat or sun. And it'll literally, it says, will shepherd them, which is what shepherds do. So all of these readings are leading toward the, the shepherd theme of what Jesus is doing. Dude, I think it's really beautiful. I mean, talk about an inversion of symbol. The lamb is going to be the shepherd? Like, what? The lamb is the temple who is the shepherd. <laughs> who is shepherding you. <laughs> it's weird. My brain is melting. Walla, walla, walla. Yeah, it's, it's a really interesting image, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, so there he is. He's the, he is the shepherd. He's shepherding them. But lamb. he is the temple. I mean, that's the other important thing we can't miss in this. Which, just from our modern readings, we wouldn't catch unless you're a Jew thinking as a Jew, knowing what you did with palm branches in the Old Testament. Yeah, that's really, that's that's phenomenal. And it's interesting, and that's the reason why we are actually able to go into our innermost sanctuary, close the door, and pray, is yeah. because the temple has been given us. Yes, like, exactly right. Talk about a whole other level is, is that yeah, in totally. sanctifying grace— we have the indwelling. It's in us. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Which brings us to the gospel. The shortest gospel I think we've had. Like, they, It's this crazy is, short. This is like crazy short. What is it? Three verses? 27, 28, Three. 29, 34. Four verses. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. It's from John 10. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life. They shall never perish. No one can take them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all. And no one can take them out of the Father's hand. The Father and I are one. It, it's it's funny. I mean, there's a couple things I think we could say about this. The simplest thing we could say, though, is that the all the all the other readings. You know, if you, if you think of the the readings in Mass like steps that you're climbing up on your way to the temple. You know, that's kind of an image that I've heard. You have the Old Testament reading, and then what? You sing a psalm, which is kind of taking a step. And then you're in one of the New Testament readings, which is speaking about Jesus. And then you sing another psalm, the Alleluia. And then you step up unto the temple itself, to the gospel reading. So all of it is kind of climbing these rungs. And we get here to the gospel reading, to Jesus himself. And it's almost as if the, the Old Testament readings have prepared, the other readings have prepared us in such a way that he doesn't need to say much more. If the, old, the first reading and then the psalm and then the New Testament first, second reading have explained to you what the shepherd is, how the new temple is what it is, how it's been raised from the dead and how it's, God is going to shepherd his people forever and all these beautiful things have happened. All the gospel really needs to say then is, hey, guess what? Jesus said it. He is the shepherd. That's the answer to this question that's kind of been raised in our heads, you know? 
And so there he is. I love it. But also, this is, so I was having a discussion with Deacon Marty this morning about this. How, how, you know, if you're a sheep, and I'm not, I've never been a shepherd, frankly. I don't assume I probably ever will. I haven't smelled my sheep So I can't, I can't call you a little Bo Peep? You can, but not for that reason. Okay. Is that weird? Yep. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but he says, I know my, so here's what's weird. I've been trying to reconcile the gospel reading with the first reading. And in the first reading, what you see is a lot of Gentiles, a lot of, of, of non-Hebrew people that have probably never heard this message before. That if you kind of put the gospel, if you overlay the gospel reading onto the first reading, then you have these people who have never heard the message of the gospel, but they recognize it when they hear it. Yes. And then you have Jesus saying, the sheep, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. So how is it that the sheep recognize, sheep who have never actually met their shepherd, how do they know his voice when he calls them? Because that's kind of what we're dealing with here. I mean, a, she- a sheep need to know their shepherd's voice because he's the one who's with them and who feeds them and who guides them. And you're familiar with, if you have a relationship with someone, you know their voice. I mean, if I hear your voice show up on the radio or guys. on some other podcast, cheating on me with somebody else, <laughs> I'll be ticked off because I know your voice well enough to pick it up on the radio. Because I know you because you're my yeah. friend and because we have a relationship. But how do you recognize the voice of someone who's never spoken to you audibly before this is the thing is that jesus hasn't spoken me to audibly i've never heard his voice i (laughs) (laughs) he almost knocked the microphone over and spilled my drink on my chest this this is the thing is that my whole life um i have been guided by christ by the lord in in every concrete detail of my life so Mm. This is the thing is that is that a person who is a faithful follower who wants to come and follow after God is already hearing the voice of the Lord. Right. If you seek the Lord in sincerity of heart, mm-hmm. no matter what faith or anything that you're going, mm-hmm. you're looking for the voice of God. He's going to lead you. And he will reveal it to you. And he will reveal yeah. it to you so that when his action takes place, you go, oh, oh, that's it. that makes sense of everything. Right. Right. It, it, it's it's like it, I I think that there's there's some people in their life romantically that feel a bam moment that they realize that there is that all of the stuff that's been taking place has led up to this moment of call right. a vocation and right. you say oh my gosh this is you what felt I'm supposed that to way do. I felt that way entirely in my relationship to no. to priesthood I mean it made sense of everything and when the voice of the shepherd and you told those guys on the Camino exactly. and something in it resonated they heard a voice that there was. It was the resonated the with shepherd, them, which I still keep in contact with. Yeah, them. that's cool. And I mean, like, the, it was really, it was really wild stuff. Yeah. And and so the the voice of the shepherd is st- is still pouring forth from you right. and I. Yeah. I mean, because the reality is, is that we're just echoing his work and we're engaging it in a beautiful and profound way. So the mm-hmm. the good shepherd is using everything from the timing of songs that are being played on ninety seven three KBC. KBCO. I mean, because t- like I mean, I I know I know people who have had profound experiences with they're thinking about something and their song on the radio yeah, exactly yeah, speaks totally. to it. And then it leads yeah. them into the heart of the church or, yeah. you know, the, the voice of the Lord is he is sovereign. That's the thing that we celebrate in the in the resurrection is that yeah. everything is now in his dominion. It is no yeah. longer wily. And literally all you need to do is reach out and, and all of creation sings his praise. Yeah. 
That's really cool. And so sin and death has no more victory. It doesn't even have sting because it's just raging. And what does he do is he takes it and he utilizes it for good things. You surrender your sin to him and it totally flips it upside down. Yes. He doesn't wipe it away, but he takes it and he transforms it. Into his own grace. He takes deicide, the killing of God, and makes it the best thing in the whole world. (laughs) Yeah. And he resurrects it. And so so that's where it's like, it's all over, but the shouting is a practical expression that you can trust that the Lord is using all things for your good. Yeah. Awesome. Wow. Thank God he is. Yeah, I didn't think we were going to get there, but man. I know. We got there, though, baby. Take it. Yeah, so I'm glad that I'm a sheep of his flock. And a shepherd. You got the duel. You got the switch hitter. Yeah, so my friends, the flock of the Lord, you are good, and we love you tremendously. Amen. And email us at lankyguys at thomascenter.org. And again, Check us out on Facebook. Facebook. Thank you, guys. Facebook. <laughs> what, what, what is that address? I don't know. What is anything on Facebook? Facebook. It's just com. go to Facebook and look up Lanky Guys. <laughs> Isn't that how Facebook works? I think it is. It's, it's just, just Lanky Guys. It's just Find Lanky us. Guys. There, there can't be that many people named Lanky Guys. Dude, I think that we've actually got a good name. I think we do. Who knew? There's not many <laughs> Lankies. There's not many Lankies out there. No, if you look for us on uh, iTunes, though, you might be mistaken with a Lanky Swede. Oh. Who is not us. But he's. I always. My, my my internet always assumes I'm typing. It always tries to autocorrect me to a lanky sweet. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> so I'm sure he's a great artist. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. And uh, we will see you next week, which is Pentecost, right? No. 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 We have to wait six weeks. Right. See you next week. <laughs> the Word on the Hill is a production of the Aquinas Institute for Catholic Thought here in beautiful Boulder, Colorado. www.thomascenter.org. You can also send us an email at lankyguys at thomascenter.org. See you next week.